Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I am very delighted to welcome on the show a special guest, Shell Verity. Uh, Shell is uh, known as a positive disruptor, <laughs> a TEDx speaker, published author. So we're going to be zeroing in on her latest book, which I'm really excited to uh, talk about. Uh, her Let's Get Bombshelled, um, Say It Like It Is, You Aren't Broken, <laughs> Motivational Life Toolkit has enabled thousands of people around the world to catapult their life into positive action. Uh, Shell's passion for people and organizations and, and her impact in her career really kick-started 22 years ago after graduating in a BSc in honors in um, psychology from Glasgow. And uh, today she spends her time coaching, empowering individuals and companies uh, worldwide. And like I said, really excited to be talking about her new book, Because You Matter. Shell, uh, exciting to have you on the show. <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled to be on the show. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, as you can see behind me, I think I, I took away all the other books I had over there. I'm just so excited. I'm literally surrounded by books and boxes and ribbons and all sorts. So yeah, thrilled to be here to talk about the new book. But more importantly, I think what you said about leadership from within is about understanding you as a person and being authentic about it and for me this positive disruption is all about being authentic enough to be real show up and be seen for exactly who you are um, and so yeah I'm sure we'll talk lots of stories about how to do that for for everybody else who's listening and watching today um, and you probably hear some of the journey that I've taken as well so thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, thank you. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I already feel like we're going to need several parts to <laughs> our conversation. I, I have, I have, as someone who has read tons of books and been inspired by so many authors and, and then inspired enough to write two of my own and contribute to a third, I always know there's a journey behind every book, not just... <laughs> the physical journey of writing it, but that emotional journey and the story in your own mind. And so just to kick things off, why Because You Matter? What, what, what inspired uh, you to write that book? I think it's an amount, well, so to give you a bit of a backdrop, um, I grew up in Shetland Isles. So that's, you know, 263 miles away from the UK mainland um, and a mixed race, which I'm really proud of, but I grew up with 23,000 white people. So I actually had no concept of who I was and what my identity was. And my parents are absolutely delightful, but they got this kind of whirlwind of a personality because I'm adopted. And they were like, oh my God, what do we do with this energy? <laughs> like, you know, like even when I was like three, my mum would be like traveling around in my buggy or whatever. I was like, hi, hi to everybody. It was like this little mini celebrity. And my mum and dad are really quite introverted. So, you know, if they had a child of their own, they would have had a little mini librarian, I think, you know, tucked quietly and studiously in the corner. And then they got me. Um, so I think the most important thing for me is when you have that awareness of who you are, 
but you don't have those types of role models regardless of wherever you've grown up it might be that you're in a family of difference it might be a difficult situation for you or but when you're younger you look to your environment to support that growth um, and for me it's about I, I was really lost in that you know I didn't really understand that and the thing that really resonated with me was because I do matter, you know, and it's that whole concept of who am I? What's my value? What do I offer in life? And, you know, I'm not normal, <laughs> um, which is great. <laughs> so having this, this whirlwind as a child, it was actually taken quite negatively sometimes and not celebrated. Um, and so I really wanted to help, you know, people understand that however way you show up, you should be really proud of what that is, whether or not you're in what I call, call what being authentic when you're in struggle. So when things are really difficult for you um, and in challenge or when things are in flow, you know, and that's about understanding how do we really land with who we are? Um, and I know everybody has that kind of moment in life where they go, God, who am I and why am I on this planet? And what does this mm, mean? And what's mm. my calling? Um, and one thing I wanted to gift the world was, how do we do that? How can we actually get tools that equip us? Because some books are great. They'll tell you all the stories, all the history behind it. They'll say, but when I read books like this, and maybe you'll resonate with this, I feel really inspired, but then really disappointed in myself and then really disillusioned because I kind of go, right, you've had that struggle, you've done it, and I hear your story, but that makes me feel like I feel a little bit more worthless in my, you know, my world. How do, sure. I, how do I do it? you know, give me the tools. Mm, and, mm. Um, and you know, being a doer, I'm a total activist. I was like, right, what do I gift people that, you know, is my story of, of um, dealing with re resilience. And it's a really sad story. So it'll make you cry quite a lot <laughs> in the book. But really, it's about what's your story? What's your gift? And one thing that really resonated with me was everybody should feel like they matter. Um, and mm. certainly in one, you know, the second chapter, I'll ask you to do a pledge to yourself, which is why do you matter? And I've already had feedback from people saying, Shell, you know, this is profound. You know, I'm kind of so busy doing stuff. I'm this human doing rather than this human being. I've never taken time to really sit back and think about what about me? You know, I, I do all these amazing things for other people, you know. Perhaps you're, you know, really successful in your career. You have an amazing house, you've got, but there's something missing. And that mm. something missing often comes from, you know, that you just don't, you don't honor yourself enough to really recognize the value that you have and you doubt yourself an awful lot. So for me, it was writing the book to amalgamate the psychology that I do, because this is, mm -hmm. you know, it's about, you know, simplifying things and really making it accessible and having fun. You know, you got to have fun. Right? There's no point. Like, and this is, I mean, this book is bonkers. Like, literally, it's like, it's got cartoons all over it. It's got, like, scribbles. It's got, like, things that you just think, wow. It's got swearing all the way through it. You know, you have to drink wine and, and cake. And, you know, I just thought, why not have fun with life? Sure. Um, but that's the whole aim. For me, it was, I felt it very invisible when I was little and growing up. So, actually, how do we ensure that we feel invincible? So that's really why. And, you know, it has to happen from within. You have to have that whole belonging from within. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah because you matter is really important <laughs> to me. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's, um, th this spills 
deep it feels personal already I, I love the words I, I it, it feels like it it just needs this incredible emphasis it's because you matter yeah no 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 because you really do matter no no yeah. no because you because... really really do matter right and, yeah and um and there'll be different people that have different experiences in life, but identity, this thing of knowing who you are. Um, we're going to talk about one of the chapters, and I've already told you, you don't even know which chapter I, we're, going to, <laughs> we're going to talk about, but I'm looking forward to zeroing in on this because um, it's relevant. Just before we do, though, from what you shared already, I just felt like I could identify in some ways just the the insecurity of not knowing who you are, not knowing what you have to offer, not really knowing if you have, if you really do matter. Mm. And I, I wasn't adopted, but I was, my mom and dad separated when I was a few months old and got divorced when I was seven and mm. then we moved to, to Nigeria shortly after and then the next time I see him my dad I'm looking at his uh, dead body at his funeral wow. and and for a while it wasn't really a big deal my mom is amazing um, sadly she's got Alzheimer's so we've been losing her slowly over the last eight years but but as a kid, you know, born here in the UK, going back to Nigeria, I remember having this confusion about, well, who am I actually? What does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be African? What does it mean to be an individual? And then not having a, a father figure, you, I'm looking for those figures around mm. me. And then coming back to the UK um, at 17, I remember having another identity crisis thinking okay I feel like I'm back home but I look around and these aren't my people and then I go to Nigeria and I thought, oh these are my people but I don't really feel at home and then you're having to work out how am I defining myself is it by yeah. what people say is it by what I do and the person that I become and the achievements that I have but behind closed doors and you and I, as coaches, we've worked with a lot of leaders. We know things around you know, imposter syndrome. And it all really comes down to the question, who, who am I? And where do yeah. I get my sense of being from? Is it what, yeah. I, what I do? Is it what people say about me? Is it the things that I acquire? Or is there something so much deeper that, that gives me this calm regardless of what's going on around and so so what you're doing your book speaks to me i'm really excited about getting my physical copy tomorrow but i have got a digital copy and and i'm i want to just segue into just exploring this further by touching on lesson five so you've got 21 lessons oh, uh, in i knew your book. you were gonna pick that one <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> interesting and, and a lot of the work that i do with leaders and is about leading from the inside out and so i have this saying that when life squeezes you and the pressure is on what you're like on the inside will come out and as leaders we are facing 
pressures, challenges, difficulties all of the time. And then we're having to navigate some of our own junk and baggage. So this quote here just spoke to me. Inner peace begins the moment you choose not to allow another person or an event to control your emotions. Yeah. Tell me why you picked that and then you know the, just that whole I've got it I've got it I've just turned the page <laughs> got it right here um, and, and that whole chapter on on self-awareness just yeah. where do we get our how do we ground ourselves in something that is far deeper than the external which can change all the time mm. so it's a really interesting one so this was this was one of the hardest um, chapters to write because it's one of the most personal and as you as you read the book you'll you'll connect to different elements of my life but you'll connect to your life at the same time mm. you know there's like different levels that this happens so you have the story of this is about self-awareness this particular chapter um, you know and I've nicknamed it the crown of acceptance mm. um, because really what we do is we we can either have one of two ways to go we can focus on accepting ourselves if we feel comfortable enough in our own skin to do so. Um, however, for the majority of us, <clears throat> we look to other people to define us. We look mm. to other people to accept us and we put ourselves in that place of vulnerability, but naive vulnerability, whereby we're always looking for somebody else to tell us that we're okay. You know, um, and in my case, it was, I, I, searched for my family I looked for that and for me it was acceptance from my brother um, and you'll read the story it's quite a sad story really um, but what I recognized was that he never asked me for that acceptance you know it wasn't something that he wanted to give or do it was something that I had asked him to do and I was I was so the crown was for him to place on my head mm. about accepting me um, when in actual fact, it's not about that. It's about accepting you. Um, so it's it's a really interesting way of looking at it because it gets you to think about how many times have you gifted away your power that defines you as a good mm -hmm. person to other people mm -hmm. who firstly aren't qualified mm -hmm. <laughs> more often than not to, to give that. You know, a lady in the street, for example, it's like, you know, am I good enough to sit at this bus stop or something? You know, it's like, oh, oh well, you know, she needs to decide whether or not you get to sit down. Um, and, it, and it's not, it's not really, my camera's going a bit funny. It's not really like that. It's about, you know, who are you and what are you defined like? But to enable that to happen, you have to go on a huge journey of firstly, what is it that I'm concerned about that isn't sitting right with me? How can I get rid of those worries or anxieties? Um, you know, how can I make sure that I love who I am? How can I make sure that my mind is offering me the reality of what it is, not just a wish list or, you know, being unkind to me? How can I have that compassion and it not be, you know, uber critical? You know, because mm. I talk about the angel mindset and the devil mindset, you know, and we can be so critical and the, 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 we have no compassion really about who we are or what we need. And we, we wait for everybody else to define how beautiful we look or how successful we are or, and it's so painful. You know, we should be really celebratory about the book. It's like throwing this book out here thinking, will anyone like it? It's the same. It's like, who cares if anyone likes it or not? The fact oh. is there, you know, and, and, it, and, yeah. it, and it exists. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was very personal because, you know, I actually got 
I wasn't accepted because I was too successful, too pretty, too lovely and too nice and -hmm. looked too much like my brother's children for for his wife to accept me. And therefore he had to choose, which was really fascinating for me. But that meant that I felt I was unworthy. But actually, it's nothing to do with that. There's nothing to do with my worthiness. It was to do with other people's vulnerabilities. And I think that's, you know, my husband has this amazing saying, you know, don't scratch somebody else's table to make yourself feel better. Mm. But at the same time, I think don't wait for other people to define your amazingness, Mm. you know, and be proud in who you are. And I'm proud that I'm not normal. (laughs) You know, I am not normal. Um, But actually, there's a rationale behind that because... I have a disorder that I didn't know anything about. And my wiring in my brain is completely different. So who'd have thought, <laughs> you know? Um, if they told me that, like, however many years ago, 40 odd years ago, be like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Thanks for that. <laughs> but I just found out a year ago. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, but for me, it's like that whole acceptance of who you are, but recognizing that, yes, you can take an accolade from somebody else. Yes, you can get that recognition. Yes, mm-hmm. you can have that offering, but it shouldn't ever be your whole offering. Yeah. You know, you should have 50% of it from you and 50% from other people and external. And like you say, this changes all the time. Mm-hmm. But we feel so empty sometimes, like this huge void where we are waiting for everybody else to accept us. It's like that lineup at school, you know, when you're, you're waiting to get picked for sports. And it's like, oh, please don't pick me last. Don't pick me last. You know, and yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. please see my value. Please see my value. And really, you are the value. Mm-hmm. So it's about understanding how you accept yourself and where that crown is. And sometimes it's around your neck choking you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you step back a little bit and just see what do you want to feel for yourself and what power are you giving away to other people? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that chapter is about. It's hard chapter but it's a really good one <laughs> it, it it felt it as i was reading it and, and we'll talk about some of the activities you get people to do at the end because i thought they were very powerful as well what spoke to me in that chapter you say people will connect with some of their own stories and yeah i was thinking about how I've given away some of my power over the years and and the lesson that I've learned from that. And I thought it was relevant that you call it self-awareness here because Mm. it is about a journey of understanding for myself, one, how am I defining myself? Who am I giving that power away to? Someone could have told me this at a young age, but the fact that I've got to go on this discovery to see, ah, this is what I'm doing in this moment. I'm letting someone else define me. But it was when I wrote my first book around that time, when my first book came out, um, I had put a lot of energy and passion into the book as as all authors do and and was also setting up um, my consulting business at the time. This was 10 years ago. The market crashed, things were challenging (laughs) out there, no opportunities. And so I suddenly felt very conflicted that here I was promoting my book and yet felt like a failure on the inside because we're paying a mortgage on the credit card. Um, There was no money in, in the bank. I felt very inadequate. And 
suicidal actually at mm. the time because I just felt ah, Obi you're, you're just you just do not have what it takes and you, you talked earlier on about that critical voice boy did I have a field day with myself I mean <laughs> there, there's this scene I'll just segue there's this scene in Liar Liar that I can identify with where Jim Carrey goes into um the bathroom and beats himself up <laughs> yeah. that's what I, that's what it was like in that moment I'm like man I'm just letting laying into um Obi but my reflection afterwards and luckily thank god came through that time but it, it took a lot of work it took it, it was really a dark night of the soul for me mm -hmm. but and and at that time i was already i was a coach and nlp practitioner and and but i was having to dig deeper into some of these tools but the realization for me was this that I was defining myself externally, that that's mm -hmm. where it was all coming from. I define myself by, by what I did, the work that I was doing, how much money was coming in. I define myself by what other people were saying. Yeah. I define myself by, by what I had and not having what I wanted to have. And mm -hmm. at the time I felt very little, but if I was able to dig deeper and, and hear that voice inside of me that just could celebrate and say, but Obi, but look at what you've done and look at what you've created in one of the subsequent chapters. You talk about not just controlling what can you control, but what can you create, right? Look at what yeah. you have created. It was an opportunity to celebrate me, but I realized I had these mental shackles in my mind mm -hmm. of how I was identifying myself and therefore how I was showing up. And so so for me, that this chapter, as said, really speaks to letting go of those external definitions. Because if I define myself by all of those, what happens when people say I'm terrible? Oh, that's it. Yep. I have a bad yep. day. What happens when I don't have what I want? I have a bad day. What happens when I'm no longer able to do the thing? You lose your role. You know, this is going out to leaders around the world. If you suddenly lost the role that you had, does that mean you're rubbish? You're nothing? You've mm. got to be able to find a way to, to dig deeper and find the true essence of who you are so that you can show up with greater confidence and authenticity. So Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we talk a lot about resilience, especially as a leader. And one of the things is not necessarily just the competence that we have, but it's the competence to be able to how do we handle those areas of challenge? So, you know, what do we do when we are under duress, when we're under stress, when things happen, when change happens, like a pandemic, for example, you know, how do we yeah, deal yeah, with yeah, them? Absolutely. <laughs> with, uh, with transforming our, our, our people and looking after them and making sure that they have enough energy and that mental wellness to be able to show up and feel safe enough to be productive in what they're mm. doing. Um, and I think as leaders, we need to be really focused on what do I need to do for me to gain that clarity, that vision, so I can solve my own problems, but I can also solve everybody else's as well and be present for them. And I think that's really important. You know, how do we have that connection with ourselves, where we are empowering ourselves, but also offering that as a role model to others? But as I said to you about the authenticity, authenticity isn't about just being in flow. You know, this mm -hmm. is about how do you show up when it is really challenging? Mm 
Mm. You know, what do you do? Um, and something else that I speak about is, you know, superhero you, <laughs> which, uh, which, which actually came from me jumping off a, when I was little, we had a bungalow and I, I thought, I know, I can like, you know, I fly. It was quite young at the time, isn't it? It wasn't when I was like 36. And I took an umbrella, you know, when you think umbrellas are like invincible. And I took an umbrella and I just jumped off the roof of the house. Bear in mind, it was a bungalow, it was fine. I didn't break any legs or anything, but I just, I was like, whoa, in that moment. And you know, when you kind of think you're totally invincible. So, so you have to take that thought and think, what are my real strengths? You know, where do I go to with those strengths? And what's my kryptonite? You know, what's my real kryptonite, which connects into that crowd of acceptance? What is it that you're looking for? And often when we're looking for strengths, we know we'll get them back and we can work on them. But the things that really cripple us are the ones that, that we're really fearful of. You know, that fear mm. monster comes out to play. Mm. And for me, it was like Count Dracula was always in the bedroom cupboard. I was like, oh my God, he's going to come out and get me. It's not real. But so. then again, how do we make sure that, that that worry rubble, I call it, doesn't get in the way of our anxieties for life? You know, that mm. when we do show up, when we're in, um, in struggle or in challenge, what does that look like? Um, and for me, it was about gifting people that toolkit that you could just have in your back to, to build on that resilience, you know, at any level. Mm. So level of when you're in that leadership role, but leadership to me is, is you this is the most fascinating thing you know people sure. say you know what's it like as a leader and I think well what's it like to be human <laughs> because uh, this is yes. you know like yes, this is yes, this is we're yeah. leading everything whether that's to help your family decide that you want to go and see Batman the movie or whether or not it's leading a massive big you know huge multi-million organization you are always leading because you're creating that following you're creating that influence you're creating mm. that whole you know wanting to be connected to a vision and align to that goals. And I think, um, you know, certainly I was working with the leaders and uh, I worked with Channel 4 and created a career development program for the management teams there. And they were, they were, it was a whole year long thing that we did, which was great, but it was about mindset. And it wasn't necessarily about, you know, how you go about doing something. It was about what's the vision of the outcome that you want and how do you actualize that? My dogs are going to go crazy. The door is just gone. This is reality of life, isn't it? It is indeed. <laughs> it's like, oh, there we go. Um, so, so for me, it's like leadership is you. You have mm. to understand, you know, what is it that you actually want for yourself? Where are you going with that? And what is your kryptonite? Be really open with it, but don't beat yourself up about it. Mm. Um, you know, and, and some people's critical mind can just go crazy. And then that leads into that emotional turbulence. You know, for some of us, it's um, me, I spe I'm like this really emotional person, but that has something to do with my, my borderline personality disorder as well. It's like I'm a bit of a burns victim when it comes to understanding emotion, but that's a real strength when I work as mm. a coach, because mm -hmm. I can understand what are you really experiencing? But as an individual, that's real kryptonite, because it can mm. be really hurtful if I carry that on. So you have to have boundaries in place and understand how that works. And I think it's about providing people with the tools so that they can have those boundaries and that self-awareness where actually you're focusing on what makes you feel good. You know, actually, we don't wake up and go, I want to have a really crap day today. Oh, be yeah, yeah. really rubbish. But by the end of it, the majority of us feel like, oh, that didn't quite go to plan or, you know, and it's mm -hmm. what we do with that learning. So for me, it's kind of an all encompassing that you go on this big journey whereby you start to add the, the pieces of the jigsaw together for you at the level that you need 
So you can mm -hmm. go really deep if you need to, or you can just mm -hmm. be really light and kind of just tinkle around with things. But all of that will have an effect on how you show up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and how real are you to what is important to you? Some people don't even know what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, some mm -hmm. people just focus on what they don't want. Um, a challenge that I always say, certainly when, when I'm coaching people is, what is it you actually want for you? You know, I hear what you want for your family, for the world, for everything else, for business, for the company. But what is it you actually want for you? And how do you align those values so that you feel good every day? Mm -hmm. And so it's not actually about the authenticity, about, um, you know, how do you how do you show up when um, things are hard? My dog's now got a toy. <laughs> Your dog knows what he wants for, or she, uh, they know yeah, what they want for themselves, she's right? <laughs> she's so happy. And I think, I think this is the most wonderful thing about life is that, you know, it's not about perfection. It's about quality of what it is you need to happen in your world. And I love having my dogs. They've been amazing. You know, this whole kind of lockdown scenario has really brought joy and family and all that presence. But when it when it comes to it is how equipped do you feel to be able to deal with that challenge because as a leader we're really challenged you know we're expected to know all the answers the thing is we're not mm -hmm. that's why we have yeah, people around yeah. us mm -hmm. um, and the, the biggest offering I can have for anybody you know challenged with transforming and the tech and the connection and the collaboration that we need to do that's the, one of the biggest challenges is don't expect to know all the answers but have clarity in what your mission is so what is it you actually want the organization to do? What is it you want for your people? But not just at that organizational level, but thinking about what's the structural organization that you need in place? You know, what's the process that you need? But more importantly, what's the interactional stuff that you need? You know, the communication, the, mm -hmm. the um, authenticity that you need, but collaboration and making sure that you have that resilience of staff so you keep them. Because the biggest yeah, challenge yeah. is keeping your staff at the moment, you know, keeping everybody happy um but keeping yourself empowered and that's my mission you know you might even you might ask me the question later I'm sure it comes up you know what 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 are your values and what what what's your mission in life and my mission in life is to equip absolutely everybody in the world with a toolkit that makes them feel good and they can maintain that resilience and empowerment that's yeah. what I want you know it will make you rich <laughs> writing a book does not make you rich you know then <laughs> But, it, but, but for me, it's not about, it's about offering so that people can take what they need and have that, you know, yeah. power to jump off the, don't jump yeah. off buildings, folks, but to <laughs> feel that you're, to feel like you're invincible rather than invisible. Sure. I, I love, I love that purpose of mission. By the way, when you were talking about jumping off a building, I did the same. Did I you? This, I did. I, and, and I was inspired by Mary Poppins and I thought, oh my God. Yeah. But, but but the only difference is I didn't go as high as you. You were much braver than me. So I went to, we had a wall outside our house and I thought I'll start here first. So I, I did a bit of a risk assessment. I thought I'll start on this wall. I'll jump. And if the umbrella stays perfect, then I'll go to the top of the building. But it, it turned over. So um, I, I didn't go as far. But I was also obviously a fan of Superman and, and I'd get the cape around and I'd yeah, 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 jump yeah. and think, I'm sure yeah. I can fly, it's real. Yeah. Uh, and you you have that that vision and inspired by so many things. But you, you've talked a lot about just 
how we show up as leaders. And I loved your emphasis on the fact that we are, that leadership is ultimately about self, right? It's about who am I influencing? I can lead without a title. I can influence people around me. I could influence peers. I could influence family, of course, for those who do have responsibility for others there's also that important element of how am I showing up? And, mm-hmm. and I love the emphasis on how am I showing up even when it's tough, even when it's yeah. challenging, right? And mm-hmm. even when it's difficult and I'm finding it um, uh, so hard. You, you talked about just feeling great about your yourself and mm-hmm. about who you are. And um, well, I, what I'd love to do is before we even go there is what was your favorite chapter I'm curious what was your favorite chapter do you know um all of them are amazing which of course I'm bound to say some of them are harder to write than others but my favorite chapter has to be the first chapter um because it was the one that um really set the ball rolling when I actually wrote the book it's the one that had the least amount of cuts in it so when I started the book it had 132,000 words that I wrote that went down to 82,000 and it's still massive it's still like 542 pages pages yeah something like that yeah it's just unreal um but for me it was um, you know, I celebrating I am not normal and then my Scottish Tourette's coming out absolutely. And that for me was just like the introduction to the whole tone of the book about understanding that this is going to be a journey, that this is this is about, you know, focusing on you, really having that self-belief and being different should be celebrated. And so whether or not it's not about, you know, having a label, so we all have different mm-hmm. roles in our world. But actually, you know, really understanding what do I bring to the party and what is it that I'm celebrating? Because for lots of us, we want to hide under the covers. You know, we don't want to get out. I was speaking to a director the other day. She said, Shell, I just want to stay in the cupboard today. <laughs> she was like, I said, are you OK? She said, not really. No, she says, I'm kind of, you know, you know, doing this business thing. And I, half the time I feel like I'm a fraud and I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. And um, I said, but we all feel like that. You know, this is it. We're celebrating that that whole getting over and taking the leap, being able to do things yeah, and being yeah. proud in what we do. She's like, but, you know, I do things a bit differently. And I said, brilliant. <laughs> I said, because you are who you are. Mm. And, you know, to stand out and just to to be represented on who you are and celebrate that, I think, is a huge gift. And that's something I really want people to be proud of. You know, you're not going to lead like the same person sure. yesterday. You know, you're going to take what you need for your brand. You know, for me, it's that whole, I, I, I talk about authenticity a lot, but I actually changed my name to Verity on the reason that it means truth, because everything that I now offer is truthful. And that's difficult when you say get a present <laughs> and you kind of think that's really nice. Or does my bum look big in this? <laughs> you <can't> go, <laughs> the color's divine darling you know Um, (laughs) so so you have to be mindful about how much people can actually take when you offer your values Mm -hmm. but being true to who that is and who you are you know definitely celebrating not being normal is something that I'm so proud of so that would be my favorite (laughs) and uh, that sounds that sounds incredible and and it's 
it also sounds liberating as well this idea of just realizing actually i'm i'm not normal yeah. if we think of normal as being like everybody else and i mean that would also be incredibly boring right it's the the idea of difference the idea that we all have something to offer but it feels like that takes confidence and internal confidence mm. to yeah to be at peace with that the thing that i found um about myself and i think we, we all have this is we we live with ourselves and so we see more of the the foibles and the mistakes yeah. and and the the errors and I've had to learn over time to be able to laugh at that and just say hey Obi that's that's okay but for so long mm. I, I wanted to be someone else I yeah and that's I mean the strengths yeah I was excited about but the weakness is like no man I I, I want to be someone different and yet to mm. To learn to be comfortable in your skin, comfortable with who you yeah. are, comfortable with your mistakes and and your humanity um, feels like it's a real journey, but it's also very liberating. And there's a really nice phrase that I, I think I made it up. It's original. Um, <laughs> instead of being selfless and focusing on others all the time or being selfish, I label it being self with. So you're actually Whoa. with self, Love which that. means then that you sit with yourself. And one of the chapters is all about tea and giving and taking and accepting. And where are you with that energy and that, that you know, flow of life and how you create your own glow. Um, and mm. it is very much about how do you center yourself to get that place of calmness and compassion? I mean, I'm not talking sit with Buddha cross legs forever because mm -hmm. we've got jobs to do and lives to lead but it is very much about you know how are you with self mm. you know are you as as joyous as you would be a, a best friend or are you as nurturing as you would be to a small child you know how are you with yourself and mm. what does that look like um so this is really about landing and slowing yourself down to be human and under, mm. understand that your vulnerabilities are actually your strengths as well mm. um so it, it's a really lovely way of sitting with who you are and going on that journey. Um, and it can be quite like, I literally, my husband did um, chapter 14, which was on critical mind. And he's heard this book for, it took me three and a half years to write it. He's heard every cut there is to it. He said, but actually physically writing the book and doing the book, he said it was profound. He said, it's actually changed his life. And he's wow. lived through me writing wow. it. Wow. Um, and he said, I've actually been able to put together connections of what's stopping me and, you know, where I'm going forward and where I, what I need to do. And he said, mm. simply, I mean, he, he woke, I had a nap because it was a long day and mm. he woke me up and went, Shell, like, it's profound. The change that I've just experienced is profound. <laughs> he was like, mm. I just want you to know just how I didn't even see it before. And I thought, wow, that's someone who's experienced all of the stories, done it sure. all, but said, Sure. I got that just from that chapter. So that's what I'm so proud about is that, mm. you know, everybody will, will gain, gain something. And yeah, I yeah. want to write more. So there's more sure. books coming. 
<laughs> yep, yep. And yeah. and uh, we, we, you and I have spoken about that before. This is this is one of at least seven. Is that that right? Well, five, I know five. I know five for definite. Yeah, but but only because I know the colors. This is the most bizarre. So this one's purple. The next one's going to be green. Then we have orange. Then we have teal. Then we have pink. So I know that hot pink for definite. And I'm I'm thinking a mixture. So that's definitely six. But seven's a good lucky number. So I was thinking like. Okay, so no, we've got no, the... no pressure, but you said it. <laughs> I know we said it here, right? <laughs> Indeed, I, I want to the what you shared about you, your husband is so pertinent, and I just want to come back to that just mm-hmm. for you to talk to the value of the activities that people need to do. I often say, you know, this journey of your book my book, you know, a lot of the stuff that that we're into, we're not just about information, we're about transformation. And that transformation doesn't come just by saying, hey, I read it, great, you know, let's move on. So just speak to the value of those activities at Mm. the um, end of each of the chapters and, Mm. and, you know, why else do you think it's so important for people to to do those? um, So there's a a format, there's, there's, how can I say this the book is written in a way that has a personal story and it's fun but it's at a real deep psychological level so you know being in the field of psychology of course you're never going to run away from that but I think it's about helping people understand what the reality is of a situation so we talked about the crown of acceptance earlier but if we take for example oh there we go I'm just flicking through let's see understanding how we respond to life for example, mm. I'll introduce you to um, a concept called God Aromi. <laughs> now he's got a kilt on and he's like Scottish <laughs> and Diet Coke and all that kind of stuff. But this is about giving you the understanding that, you know, events will happen in your life. Mm. You'll automatically have a reaction to something. And it's about taking that intelligence from the reaction, things that help and hinder us and not defining our outcome and what we do by that reaction. And actually going a step further to consciously choose what our response is going to be. And that's very different. And I also introduce you to what I call life characters. And some of them are quite dark. You know, you have devastating Dave who just like, you know, causes ruckus everywhere you go. And you have catastrophizing Chris who just you know, like catastrophizes about everything going wrong. And then you have Meltdown Mary who just wants to cry into a wine bottle. Like literally that's it our whole life. But we have elements of those. And Mm. as you get introduced to, firstly, what's the story behind it? You know, there's the personable things and there's real hardship that's happened throughout the story of my life, you know, but it's Mm. not about me, myself and I. That isn't why I wrote the book. Um, The questions, you know, like, uh, well, here we go. Devastating Dave, I just spent, I happen to be on that page. Isn't that wonderful? Um, says, what will you do to ensure that you stop reacting with the devastating Dave and instead head up towards the meltdown Mary or catastrophizing Chris? So this is heading mm. you up towards different areas that you can recognize, right? Devastating Dave destroys things in my life. It sabotages mm-hmm. relationships. It causes mm-hmm. real damage. And if you automatically go to that reaction, mm-hmm. then that's mm-hmm. going to cause a lot of trouble in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas uh, meltdown Mary just means you have a cry about it and have the emotional turbulence, but then there's a chapter on emotional turbulence. How do you get out of emotional turbulence? What is it telling you? Mm. So 
I've pulled all of the psychological theories and simplified mm. them and made them fun. You know, like mm. now mm. when you get an emotional reaction, which is in your gut, like the tumble, you know, the washing machine scenario where you feel sick all the time and want to projectile vomit life everywhere, then actually, what do you do about it? Because mm. you can recognize it, but that's a meltdown, Mary. That's okay because everybody has meltdown Marys, you know. And there's organisations now talking about I'm having a meltdown Mary moment, <laughs> <laughs> and nice. it's like they're like, well, I just had a devastating day, mean, you know. And I, I did actually say thank you and the acknowledgements to all the, the the Marys, the Matts, the Daves, and everything else. You know, you lovely people. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, so, so it's it's really about seeing the reality of what it is, picturing it as like a tool, and then being able to understand when has that happened identifying those things and what do you want to do about it but my questions aren't just like wishy-washy questions there's times in the book where you when I'll say right stop right now stop what you're doing and go back to the questions because I know you've skived you know I know you've skipped that because it's really difficult um yeah so sure. yeah it's 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 real stuff for real people and I think it's you'll read it and then it becomes a dip in and out yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. becomes something you go, oh, my critical mind's a bit cracked today. Oh, I'm really worrying mm. about stuff. Oh, I'm really, you know, and that's what I wanted. I wanted this toolkit you could take with you, either in your mind or, you know, travel it with you um, and use it and pass it on to other people. You know, the youngest person mm. that's done work with me is five. Like, how Ooh, amazing wow. is that? She's five. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know, and we had this, this moment where she said the defining moment about, and feeling good about things and I said well what was the biggest you know change that you'd ever had and, and the most defining moment she said taking my stabilizers off my bike wow. and I was like That's wow yeah, and I yeah. said you know what I said and we could even as a leader you know when was the last time you took your stabilizers off mm, your bike and I thought yeah. she's five I was like this wow. is brilliant but then even she said her critical mind she said well I, sometimes I feel really bad you know and I thought wow you know, mm. you're five. And I really, my heart just literally went, okay, I need to help you. And so for me, it's about how do you, you know, do these things for yourself, but pass it on to the family, pass it on sure. to your friends, pass it on to your colleagues. You know, my plan is to do big conferences so that we, we do real stuff. You know, Tony Robbins is getting a copy of the book as we speak. So I hope you know, one day I'll be on the same stage. But Fantastic. for me, it's about, I know, but it's not about that. It's about where do you want to go with this? How much investment, I call it investment. How much investment do you want to put into you? And that's a real challenge because for some of us, we say we want to, we're not ready yet. Yeah. Um, and so you can take it at any level. And I'll know if you've not written in it, because you, if you give it, if you give the book to somebody else, I know you haven't written it properly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I love, I love the fact just that, the value of those activities, those workouts is investing in you, investing yeah. in you and investing in your growth. And the way that you've described them, the just the chapter five activity sheets that I was looking at earlier on, this is about giving us the opportunity to be aware, to observe, to test, actually, how effective is this? Is this really serving me? These yeah. thoughts I'm having, these reactions, but at the same time, accepting that it's normal, it's okay to yeah. have this because it's human. But then I'm able to be in a much more resourceful state and make a choice about how I, what I do next and how I 
show up. So I, I've said it to you before, I'll, I'll say it again. I think this book is an absolute um, gift to the world. So thank you for oh, pushing through yourself and, and showing up um, <laughs> authentically and offering this to the world because no doubt it is going to make a difference. I, I got a final question just as okay. we um, wrap up. So sometimes I, I ask that I ask this to people guess I have on the show if you could chat with your younger self um just as you were beginning your own sort of leadership journey what yeah. one piece of advice would you give given all that you've experienced and all that you shared what one piece of advice would you give I've been thinking about this one and it was quite a difficult challenge and I think for me it's being who I am and vocalizing that, vocalizing my needs. So mm. being proud and taking the leap. So I know I'm very not risk averse, I'm pretty spontaneous, but I think actually having the confidence to be able to do that. And there's a phrase, I think you might have heard me say this one before, but when I was in traveling in, in traveling world and I'd gone to the Caribbean and I met this really wise man you know just like the epitome of like the Caribbean sitting chilling out having a nice time and he said to me oh hello beautiful and I thought oh god here we go yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like right I'm ready for this and he went um so where are you from and I said oh I'm from Scotland you know the UK so that's beautiful he said well he said you are very lucky and I thought mm-hmm and he said um you're double powered and I went wow. what do you mean and he said well, he said, you've got a bit of black and you've got a bit of white and you've got all this culture in you and you are you, you are double powered. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, I wish I'd been told that when I was like seven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it literally changed my whole wow. concept wow. because, you wow. know, you said about where do you fit in? And I think mm -hmm. a lot of us really struggle, you know, whether or not we're middle child, first child, mm -hmm. third child, mm -hmm. or whether or not we're, are we better? Are we a better leader than the leader that was here before or after? You know, where do mm. we fit? And mm. I thought if I'd been gifted that, I think I would just mm. like have ruled the world. <laughs> 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 I was like, you know, all the bad people are there. You know, but even on the days where um, I get really stressed, I put in here a rant dance. So you can actually have a stomp and a rant and whatever else, but you change that into something that you want. And I think I would really have loved to know how to channel mm. that, that energy because mm. it was huge. Um, so that. yeah, that's what I would have loved. Well, that that's that's a, a beautiful message to end with. Just those things that we think we'd rather let go of. They yeah. are beautiful additions to our life, and they make us us and yeah. give us power in a way that we don't recognize. Uh, so yeah, it's not about you. regret. You know, I yeah. always say about life is for enjoying, not enduring. So if you're finding yourself, you're enduring life, change it, change the script, mm. do less, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Actually do less of the things that are hindering you, do more of the things you enjoy. And that way you'll get much more, you know, enjoyment in it. And that's what it's about. That is indeed what it's about. Thank you, Shell. Pleasure. And <laughs> thank you to everyone listening, viewing. I hope you enjoyed that. Do get a copy of Shell's new book, Because You Matter, as an investment in you, in your growth, your development, and your transformation as a leader. 
And remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. Have a great day. See you on the next show. And Shell, once again, thanks for coming along the show today. Pleasure. I loved it. And remember, everybody, it's because you matter. You really do. You really, really do. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.